Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. Amen. Luke chapter 1. I got a ways to go and I got 27 minutes to get there, so I need y'all to pray with me. Amen. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse number 38. I'm going to read one verse in your hearing. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary said, Behold, the bond servant of the Lord, may it be, everybody say, may it be, done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. Do me a favor as you take your seat, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. God wants a yes. Amen. 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 Yeah. God wants a yes. Amen. Father, thank you for this time. Help us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. God wants a yes. Every day, beloved, I become more and more grateful about the fact that I am blessed to live in the reality that I have been chosen by God. And I'm not just talking about being saved by sin, by the grace of God, but I'm, being, I'm talking about being selected for greatness by the power of God. And I want us to understand that it's a privilege to be saved, but God never saves us so that we can get stuck in celebrating our salvation. As a matter of fact, for Faith Restored as a people, I told you that this is graduation season. So we need to understand that not only have we been saved, but we have been selected to impact the world for his glory. And some of us may have never heard a preacher tell us that we've been selected for greatness. But if you are in this house and if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you need to know that there is greatness in you. As a matter of fact, encourage somebody next to you. Tell them there's greatness in you. Yeah, there is greatness in you. There's a business that's going to transform the economy of a city in you. There is a ministry that's going to touch the least, the lost, and the left out in you. There's another degree in you. There's a nonprofit corporation in you. There's a soul winner in you. There is a ministry worker in you. There's a better marriage in you. There's a better parent in you. I don't care who you are or where you're from or what your condition is. God's purpose for your life is bigger than you could ever hope dream or imagine look at someone again and tell them there's greatness in you but even though I rejoice over the fact that God takes broken busted and trifling people from the gutter like you and me and deposits greatness into us I've got to be honest and admit that sometimes when I look at who I am and what God is calling me to I get the temptation to have cold feet because I know that I don't have the ability to do all that God has called me to do. And if you'd be honest, you'd have to admit that sometimes the life and the purpose that God has called you to sometimes makes you afraid. 
afraid. I think God has an interesting sense of humor because he will call us to do something that he knows we're not equipped to carry out, something that he knows we don't have the background for, something that he knows we're not gifted or connected enough to pull off. But in spite of all of our inadequacies, God will call us anyway. God will call us into scary places. God will call you to go back to school when you're already up to your neck in student loan debt. God will call you to mentor a young boy or a young girl when you feel like your life is a mess. God will call you to ministry when you feel like you don't know enough Bible and haven't had enough training. God will call you to change a city when no one knows your name. God will call you to win souls when you still struggle with sin yourself. God will call you to celibacy when you still have willing numbers in your phone. God will call you to holiness when everyone in your family is high, drunk, and crazy. God will call you to be married when the pressure of society says that marriage is irrelevant. God will call you to become a part of a new church in a city full of old churches so that you can start a movement that reaches people who have never been reached and empower people who have never been empowered. And that's my problem. I see the call of God, but at the same time, I know my issues. I see the opposition against me and I know what the statistics say. And I feel like that because of all of that, it's going to be impossible for me to see all that God wants me to see. And I've discovered that sometimes the devil will use the size of the assignment to scare us out of stepping up to the plate and answering God's call. And how many of us have knowingly lived beneath our purpose and lived beneath our potential because we felt like walking in it would be too hard. Some of us are sitting in the room right now not living the life that God has called us to, not work, walking in the purpose that God has called us to walk in because we're afraid of being hindered by our own hangups. We know that we're not as holy as we want to be. We know that we have issues. We know that we have more skeletons in our closet than we care to let people know about. But the good news is when God calls us for a task, the burden of completion is not on the person who's been called, but the burden is on the God who gave the call in the first place. In other words, when God calls me to do something, the completion of what he's called me to do is not on me, but the burden is on God to make sure that it gets done. So then the question is, if God is going to do it, then why does God need somebody like me? Why is God calling somebody with all of my hangups and all of my hurt, heartache and all of my brokenness and all of my dysfunction if at the end of the day he can do what he wants to do for himself by himself? And the beauty of our life is that even though God can do what he wants to do for himself, by himself, God loves using people like you and me. And when God calls us, God never calls us to do something that is within our power to perform. As a matter of fact, I would suggest to you that if you can pull off whatever you're trying to do without God, then God is not involved in it. If you don't need God's help, then it's not God's assignment. As a matter of fact, God specializes in giving us tasks that are so great so that he can defy the odds by working through us so that once the task is completed, when people that know us look at us, they'll have to say, now that had to be God. And we live in a world that makes it seem like the more gifted you are, the more valuable you are, the more skills you have, then the more important you are. But I'm so glad that's not how God operates. As a matter of fact, when it's time for God to do something miraculous in the earth and he begins to search for who he wants to work through, God doesn't look for a master's degree. God doesn't look for a 
good family or good credit. God isn't looking for a great voice or a great mind or a spotless background. God isn't looking for anything that would make you feel like you are qualified enough to be used by him. But when God gets ready to select someone for greatness, all he's looking for is a yes. God, help me. And I don't know who I'm talking to in the building, but is there anybody here like me who can say, uh, I, I may not have a whole lot in the way of work history, family pedigree, business sense, or even common sense. But what I do have is a yes. God, help me. Oh, God, is there anybody here who can testify and say, I may not have a lot, and I've definitely been through a lot, but in spite of all of my faults, I still got a yes. I'm still willing to tell God yes in the midst of heartache and sickness and pain and discouragement. I've got a yes in my spirit, and I came on assignment today to comfort some people who are crazy enough to believe that it's graduation season, but you still feel like you don't have enough in you to be used by God. God is not concerned with any of your earned qualifications. God does not care what you bring to the table. God, God, I'm all about education. Go get your degree. Uh, but God doesn't want a degree. I'm glad that you got smarts and street smarts and that you're a hustler and that you've got common sense. But God doesn't want your intelligence. I'm glad that you're a go-getter and you like to make things happen and you love to work. But God doesn't even want your hard work. But if you're going to birth the purpose that God has chosen you to manifest in the earth, God wants a yes. God is looking for a man or a woman, a people or a church who in spite of how impossible the task looks, they still have the faith to tell him yes. God, I'm at your disposal. God, whatever you want to do in me, through me, for me, with me, my answer is yes. And as I prepared to preach this message, I was prompted to examine a particular passage of scripture. Maybe it was the fact that we're in the Christmas or the Advent season where we're preparing to celebrate the fact, not the date, that Jesus was born. Let me say that again. You got so many people uh, that try to make you feel like you're stupid for celebrating Christmas. We as Christians know that Jesus was not born in December. We as Christians know that Jesus was not born in the winter. We don't celebrate the date that he was born. We celebrate the fact that he was born. God help me. As a matter of fact, you can celebrate Christmas whenever you want to because we celebrate the fact not the date that Jesus was born. But as I found myself looking through the lens uh, uh, of the gospel writer Luke, and in the first chapter of his gospel, we see a woman who gave God a yes when no seems so much simpler. We see a woman who, in spite of how crazy the assignment looked, told God yes. And as we look at the writings of this faith-filled physician, we are allowed to peek in on a young girl by the name of Mary, who happens to be having a talk with an angel that is about to change her life forever. Many of you know the story. You've heard it read over and over again at Christmas time, but for the sake of preaching, let me give you a little bit of context. The Bible lets us know that Mary is a virgin in the most literal sense of the word. She has not known a man's touch. She has been promised in all of her youthful purity to a man by the name of Joseph. But while she's preparing herself to be taken in marriage by Joseph, she gets a visit from an angel named Gabriel 
who meets her with a divine declaration that even though she is a virgin, she's going to become pregnant and the baby that gestates in her womb is going to be the savior of the world, the Messiah, Christ the Lord. Now this seems impossible because first of all, virgins don't get pregnant and even if they did, why would God look on a little girl from the hood like Mary to manifest the Messiah? But God tells Mary three things that give her comfort so that she can tell God yes in the face of an impossible assignment. You ready? Number one, Gabriel tells Mary that the Lord is with her. God help me. Somebody say the Lord. God is with her. God help me. He tells her in verse 28. Look at verse 28. He says, in coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Mary is about to be confronted with an impossible assignment. But Mary, but Gabriel lets Mary know that she is not going to have to face it by herself. And I want to speak to somebody in the building and tell you that the assignment that God has given you may look impossible. The degree, the business, fixing your marriage, raising your children, being saved and single, trying not to cuss out your haters may seem impossible. But the text gives us good news that you don't have to face the challenge of life by yourself. When God calls you, he promises you that he's going to be with you. Do me a favor now. Nudge your neighbor, say, neighbor, the Lord is with you. Oh, God, I know you thought you were going to have to do it by yourself. I know that you thought you were going to have to raise these kids by yourself and manage this money by yourself. But look at somebody and say, I've got help. The Lord is with me. I've got company. I've got backup. Not only does he tell Mary that the Lord is with her. I got to move. But he tells Mary that God's favor is on her. God, help me. Verse 30 says, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found what? favor. God help me with God. I'm going to preach myself happy and run up out of here. He says in spite of the hood you come from, in spite of the odds that are against you Mary, in spite of all the things you've gone through, the favor of God is on you. God help me. And is there anybody here who knows that God gives favor to people who don't deserve it? That's why it's called favor. I want to encourage somebody who knows that you may be underqualified for what God has called you to and let you know that God's favor is on you and that's enough. As a matter of fact, help me preach and look at somebody and tell them I may not have much. God, help me. Y'all ain't looking at nobody. I said, tell them I may not have much, but I've got favor. God, help me. Oh, God, and favor is the equalizer. As a matter of fact, if you really think about it, you go into a crazy praise because you know that you didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. You still got issues. You still struggle in your flesh. You still cuss sometimes. You drink a little too much. You get smart with your spouse you talk to your boss crazy but somehow or another you're still married you're still employed you still got what you need it's because you got favor on your life is there anybody here who can give God praise because you got favor oh God see y'all sleeping here but I need somebody to praise God in a low place because he didn't give you money but he gave you favor he didn't give you connections but he gave you favor he didn't give you health insurance life insurance or auto policy but he gave you favor yeah he says oh, the Lord is with her favor is on her but then thirdly he tells her he tells Mary God's purpose is in her yeah God's purpose 
is in her. God help me. I got to quit. God's purpose is in her. Look at verse 31 through 33. He says, look, behold, you will conceive and in your womb bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, his kingdom, his kingdom will have no end. God help me. He says, look here, uh, God has put greatness on the inside of you, Mary. And what God has deposited in you, Mary, is not just going to bless you, but it's going to bless the entire world. And I came to speak to someone. I want to clarify something for you because a lot of people think that they have God's purpose. A lot of people believe that they know what God wants them to do and that they know what God is calling them into. A lot of people believe that they know that God, what God wants them to do. But let me help you. If what God has called you to do only blesses you, then God ain't called you to do it. But when God puts his purpose on the inside of you, it's going to bless everybody around you because God doesn't bless you just so that you can be blessed. He blesses you so that you can be a blessing. And I want to make a prophetic direct declaration and tell you in this season that God isn't just going to bless you, but God is going to bless everyone around you. Your children are going to be blessed. Mama and them are going to be blessed. Your spouse is going to stop acting crazy. Your co-workers are going to get some sense. Your unsaved friends are going to come to God because what God has placed on the inside of you is going to bless everybody around you. Now, if you're selfish, you can't shout over that. If you're self-centered, you can't get excited about that. But if you really believe God is going to bless everybody around you, then you ought to be able to shout, God, help me, because God said the purpose that's in you is going to fix your family. It's going to take care of your haters. It's going to touch everybody around you. Oh, God, I dare you to get bold and declare it. Everything attached to me is going to be blessed. God, help me. My money bless. My mama bless. My stepdaddy bless. My baby daddy bless. My baby mama bless. I don't even like them, but because they connected to me. My baby mama can't be broke because my kid's over there. My baby daddy can't be crazy because two weekends out the month, they got my babies. Everybody attached to me is going to be blessed. God. Uh, he says, uh, the Lord is with you. God's favor is on you. And God's purpose is in you. God wants to, yes, I'm almost thrown to where my musician at, uh, but I'm about to fly up out of here in a minute. Uh, God wants a yes. Yeah, he doesn't want your education. He doesn't need your connections. He doesn't need your ideas or your creativity or your gift. God wants a yes. And while Gabriel is talking to Mary, he's telling her about all the wonderful things that God has in store for her. But Mary still has some doubts. Yeah. Yeah. The angel is telling her prophetically what God is getting ready to do. But Mary is still worried. She's still concerned. She's still tripping. Uh, because she's wondering, how is God going to make it happen? As a matter of fact, uh, Mary says in verse 34, how can this be? Since I am a virgin. Yeah. She's like, look, you, you got to help me. 
Because you're giving me good news. But the good news does not tell me how it's going to be possible. Ooh. Mary says, look, uh, I'm not like the rest of these irrational Christians that shout because you tell me good news and I don't know what I'm shouting about. I, I don't shout, Mary says, over empty promises. She said, you got to tell me what's going to happen if I give God my yes. God help me. Uh, and so Gabriel says, all right, uh, typically I wouldn't do this, but since you're about to be the mother of the most high, uh, I'll give you an explanation that I wouldn't normally give to everybody else. And there are three things that Gabriel tells Mary that are going to happen when she gives God her yes. Number one, Gabriel tells Mary that if you give God your yes, the God of heaven is going to make a house call. God help me. Oh, God, look, I know you don't see it, but look at verse 35. He says, then the angel answered to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. God, help me. He, he, he says, look here. He says, look, uh, the, 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 when you say yes to the plan of God, the, the same God who sits on the throne of heaven, the same God who orchestrates the affairs of the universe is going to come and manifest himself in your house. God, help me. And when he shows up, what was impossible before he got to your house, God help me, is going to be made possible when he gets to your house, God help me. And you might be like Mary, believing God for some impossible stuff to happen at your home. But God says when you say yes, he'll show up and work a miracle in your house, God help me. I know you don't get it yet, I know you feel like you can't shout about that yet. But God told me to tell you that if you say yes, he'll make a house call. Now if you're comfortable with just meeting God at church and just meeting God uh, 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 in worship experiences and at conferences and at camp meetings that's cool but is there anybody here who can say sometimes I need God to show up at home because I got burdens at my house that I can't bring to church with me I got issues that I'm embarrassed about I need God to come see about me and is there anybody here who can say that I need God to show up in my house I need God to show up in my checkbook I need God to show up in my marriage I need God to show up in my mind when I'm crying at night. God said that if you say yes, he's going to come down from heaven and make a house call. He's going to show up in your house. Okay. So number one, the God of heaven is going to make a house call when you say yes. But number two, when you, when you give God a yes, number two, God will give me a miracle that no man can take credit for. Look, he says, because of verse 35, he says, for this reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. Yeah. The reason why Mary had to get pregnant without human intervention is because God did not want what was produced in Mary to be attached to any person other than him. God help me. See the, the miracle of the immaculate conception. The miracle of the virgin birth. Is that normally for birth to happen. There has to be a man. Who can say I put that in there. 
Yeah. Uh, any man ever had a child, and I've been told this of my own children, you can tell who the daddy is uh, by how the children come out looking. And, and my children, I've been told, look like me. They got my wife's skin tone. They got my wife's nose. But for some reason, everybody say, they look like me. We were in the airport a couple weeks ago, and we were getting on to the plane, and the flight attendant said, oh my God, I know who's daddy. Those children are, they, 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 them your kids, they look like me. Uh, because I did that. You understand? I did that. Those my children. Uh, but when Jesus got here, nobody was able to look at Jesus and say, he did that uh, because no man was involved with Mary. Now let me help you. Because no man was involved with Mary, there was embarrassment in Mary's life because for a season of her pregnancy, Joseph could not take credit for what had happened in the womb of his wife. God help me. You missed it. Let me help you. Joseph now is married to a woman who is pregnant by somebody and he's got to walk around telling everybody that didn't nobody get my wife while I got hold to her. Uh, but what's in her is God. Uh, it's the Lord's doing. The Holy Ghost did that. Uh, you mean to tell me, Joseph, your wife is pregnant uh, and you want us to believe that the Holy Ghost did that? Uh, that you walking around for nine months, Mary, with a big old baby bump and your husband didn't do it uh, and you want us to believe that it's the Holy Ghost? Uh, look at Mary now. She's embarrassed for nine months, uh, but the embarrassment for nine months uh, is a lifetime of blessing because when the baby finally gets here uh, and he begins walking Walking on water, turning water into wine, opening blinded eyes, raising people from the dead, unstopping deaf ears. Everybody has to say he's the son of God. And you might be lonely and embarrassed right now, wondering why you don't have the support you need for your business, wondering why you don't have the connections you need, wondering why it seems like nobody understands you and nobody can affirm you and nobody can cover you and nobody can console you and nobody can counsel you you're lonely right now because it's a setup so that when it finally manifests they'll have to say it was the Lord's doing and it was marvelous in our eyes faith restored can I preach to you for a moment we started a church a year ago we didn't have any outside support we didn't have any partners people tried to cancel us tried to blackball us we didn't have no funding from anywhere didn't have any big donors to give us anything but a year later we're still here it's because God wanted to say when this church manifests couldn't nobody do it but God and I know you might look lonely right now but touch your neighbor and say it's a setup God help me I know you feel lonely right now but it's a setup God said when I finally do it nobody will be around to take credit for it you won't have to thank mama you won't have to thank daddy you won't have to thank your spouse you won't have to thank your friends everybody walked away from you they gave up on you they said you wouldn't make it said you wouldn't be here but you're still standing God said it's because I want to take the credit for it it was the Lord's doing it says the child that's inside of you shall be known as the son of God oh God I got to quit so he says the God of heaven when you say yes to God the God of heaven is gonna make a house call when you say yes to God, God will give you a miracle that no man can take credit for. But number three, and I'm done. When you say yes to God, God is going to manifest miracles around you to increase your faith. Huh. Look at verse 36. He says, and behold, your relative Elizabeth has also conceived 
in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month of pregnancy. God help me. Uh, Gabriel tells Mary, just in case you're still doubting the power of God to move once you give him your yes. God has already done a miracle for someone in your circle. To comfort Mary's doubts about her yes. And to give her the faith to say yes about an impossible situation. God draws Mary's attention to the fact that God has already done the impossible for her cousin Elizabeth. Now Elizabeth wasn't a virgin. But she had her own set of impossible circumstances. Elizabeth was too old to have a baby. And her husband, Zacharias, was too old to make a baby. God help me. But in spite of the impossible condition, God worked that thing out for them. And Gabriel tells Mary, look at what God is doing in the lives of the people around you. And trust God enough to give them a yes. And can I talk to some people in the building? That's why you can't get jealous and upset when you hear about God blessing someone around you. That's why you can't be mad when you hear about what God is doing in the life of other people and when you see people who are connected to you get their blow up and get their blessing and get what they've been praying for. It's because God might be using their success and their blessing and their healing and their prosperity to increase your faith. And let me tell you blessed people, that's why you can't get your blessing and stop coming to church. That's why when you get your blessing, you've got to come to church and tell Testify about what God is doing. Testimony service ain't old. It ain't played out. Testimony service is necessary because it encourages somebody to believe God. I'm tired of saints that got secret blessings and secret shouts and secret testimonies. Don't want to tell nobody what God has done. Somebody needs you. Somebody needs you to tell them what God has done so that they can build their faith and say it is no secret what God can do what he's done for others I believe he'll do it for me too God lets you watch other people get blessed not so that you can get jealous not so that you can get mad not so that you can be frustrated he does it so that you can gain the faith to trust him enough to give him a yes let me help you when your pastor get blessed don't get mad when the leaders get blessed don't get mad when the neighbor sitting next to you get blessed don't get mad but when God blesses your neighbor, you got to shout because that means he's in the neighborhood. God, help me. Touch somebody and say, I might not be now, but I'm next. I might not be ready right now. It might not be my turn, but it's my season. God is getting ready to come and see about me. He's going to bless him. As a matter of fact, touch somebody and tell them, I'm your Elizabeth. God, help me. Oh, God, now everybody can't shout through here. If God ain't done nothing for you, you can't shout through here. But if he's done something, for you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm your Elizabeth. I'm your proof that what God can do for me, he'll do it for you if you give him a yes. Oh God, I've got to get out of here. But the Bible says, God help me. Is that C sharp? The Bible says that Mary goes down in history not because she was pretty. Not because she was holy. Not because she was smart. And not because she was a hard worker. But she went down in history because she said yes to God and I came to prophesy the faith restored today. Tis the season. This is the season to give God a yes.